Champagne Sharks. How's everyone doing? This is T, Trevor. You know the deal. On Twitter at Ricky Rawls, R-I-C-K-Y-R-A-W-L-S. No underscore. And we have with us Mike. Hey, everybody. This is Mike, the magnificent, the most effervescent, the most flyest, coolest, playeristicest player in the galaxy or you know at least on earth and y'all can catch me at black exception one on twitter and let's get to it all right we have uh d mills still alive shit has a good streak going i don't know how to follow that up man he's effervescent <laughs> magnificent <laughs> stratosphere player Player-ish. Player-ish. Yeah, don't know. I don't know how to follow that up. So I would just say uh, this is D Mills. You can catch me on Twitter at MDMills79. It's good to be back. I am officially back from the dead and part of the regular cast again, much to some people's dismay or some people's delight, depending on what you think. (laughs) Let's go. Go to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And subscribe because it's good for you. You need to subscribe. It's $5 a month and you get a great value. You get double the episodes. You get all the back episodes, which is half of everything we recorded. So that's like at this point, over 30 episodes just by signing up right now for $5. And the Champagne Sharks Reddit is uh, taking off. There's no tumbleweeds in there anymore, you know. It's doing okay. It's sham. It's reddit.com forward slash r forward slash champagne sharks. And you get to talk to other people in the. Can we say champagne sharks community? It sounds weird. I don't know. The, the, the sham. Talk to other sharks. Should we just call yeah. them sharks? Yeah. Like, like uh, I don't want to say champagne sharks community. You can talk to other sharks. I'm just going to call call them sharks. Actually, no, they can't be sharks because that'd be too many sharks. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll come up. With, let's, we'll, let's we'll work it out. We'll work, we will work the it shark, out. The shark. The shark. The shark. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the fish bowl. Yeah. Oh, oh that, that's better. I, I, like the, I like the fish bowl <laughs> because we can't dilute the shark brand. We can't just let anybody call themselves a shark. It's going gonna, it's gonna to dilute, it's gonna ah. dilute the brand. I, I like the fish bowl. That's good. So, um, cool. yeah, you have to earn shark status. You have to like troll somebody on our behalf or something. Um, champagne sharks, Twitter, easy to remember just at champagne sharks. And also if you can't donate, uh, the second best thing you can do is share the podcast with friends, strangers, enemies, your mom, your boss, not, not your boss. Um, uh, yeah, but just share the podcast and, but as many people as you can, which is the second best thing you can do. Like I said, leave a five-star review on iTunes. That's also, that's the third best thing you can do. And also I wanted to say something because it seems like a lot of people don't realize this because on the champagne sharks, Reddit, I heard people like putting up threads and stuff saying, Hey, what's that book that uh, they mentioned on the show or what's this book that was mentioned? It sounded good. And so maybe people don't realize this, but a lot of the stuff we talk about is in the show notes. Like we put exhaustive 
show notes to the best of our um, ability. So by all means, you know, go to, if you go to like SoundCloud or you go to champagnesharks.blueberry.net, like if you Google champagne sharks, those links will pop up, go to the episode link and there's always show notes with links to the books, links to the articles, links to the YouTube videos we discuss. We uh, try to document everything. If we leave something out of the show notes that was central to the conversation, by all means, email us at champagnesharks at gmail.com and we can uh, edit that in there. Like I like to have people be able to research or double check what we talk about. So that was a long. Uh, oh, and long, also yeah. one more mm-hmm. thing. Also one more thing. Um, if you have any questions or something that you take umbrage with, or just any general criticisms or anything like that, just uh, hit us up. You can hit uh, the curious cat. T has a curious cat set up where you can ask various questions, or you can just shoot us an email, champagne sharks at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah thank you. There was. There is a revolution going on, a revolt. Um, there's a there's a big backlash, and it is against one of our favorite topics. It's not one that we mean to revisit this much, but we just end up revisiting it because they're always up to new fuckery. But uh, black people on Twitter are just up in arms with the blav- the blavity blacks, man. They've, they've just had enough. Oh, the blavity yeah, blacks just had enough. And for people who don't know, there has been an article that came out called The Joy of Black Brunch. And this this article was just supreme uh, fuckery. I felt bad. I felt kind of bad dunking on this girl because it ended up going so viral and getting dunked on by everybody that now it just feels like overkill. Like we were kind of dunking on her early, but I didn't expect everybody to follow suit so now it feels like overkill but at the same time i just can't not talk about it like but this seems to be the one that broke the camel's back it just seems like a lot of people if you go on just twitter right now and just search the word blavity blacks is just a lot of people like like just to give an example let me let me just do it now while we speak and yes it's all all used to seeing everyone's just getting mad and particularly about this this piece um can we please get these blavity blacks the fuck out of here um um what else oh this is interesting uh it seems like there's been so much dunking on blavity blacks there's actually a backlash to the backlash. Now a lot of people are sticking up for Blavity Blacks. <laughs> like, leave the Blavity Blacks alone. Oh, this is... Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Yeah. I guess, I guess they're, they're fighting back, oh, man. Wow. They don't want to be made irrelevant, man. They're 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 fighting mad now. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, do one, of you, do one of you guys want to talk about this Black Brunch piece? I feel like I've spoken a it, lot about it, it tonight. Uh, it the, the Black Brunch piece was... Absolutely, one of the funniest and dumbest at the same. It's like, you know, I I read it and I can't help but to laugh because it's so silly. And it's not laughing. 
it's not laughing with it oh, for absolutely. people who don't understand. This is totally absolutely. laughing. Yeah. It's 100% earnest and serious. There's no humor. Yeah, no. And T feels sorry for this girl for some reason, but I think she deserves all the scorn and mockery that she's received for writing some of the dumbest shit I've read. I mean, is, is everything is everything going to be uh, given like a, a a black prefix like now is the joys of black driving or the joys of, you know, black reading. Like, is everything just going to be like, why do they feel like everything needs to have like this specialized, exactly. uh, like I don't know, do it in a special form. Well, like, the, the ongoing theory with these people is that they kind of grew up in uh, white spaces or in just some kind of space where, they got a limited view of blackness, like 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 maybe they didn't really get in touch with the blackness for whatever reason, and they got into the blacklist late, especially in college, and sometimes. They, so everything, so everything is yeah, the blackest because, thing because ever. Number one, that they're overcompensating, <laughs> right, for all the times that they weren't into being black, right. That's number one, yeah. and then number two, yeah, because they came late to it. They look at black people like middle class white people, like they exoticize black people the same way a non-black person does. So, you know, even though they're technically black, they'll go to like a gospel brunch and be like, oh, my God, the Negroes just are so spiritual. Like, you know, they're black themselves. Yeah, they put so much extra Uh, on Everything is it's so hyperbolic. It's like, oh, my God, it's just the, 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 the right. The freedom of sharing a safe space with unapologetically carefree black people. Yeah, that jargon is crazy. Unapologetic, carefree, safe space. Like, you know, if a fish is in water, right, and you ask a fish, hey, describe this environment, you know, the fish is going to, well, you know what? Fish don't talk. Forget that. (laughs) If if you, you're in a space. That one on Soprano sang, though. (laughs) Take me to the <laughs> If you're in, if you're someplace, and somebody says, "Hey, describe this room," um, you're gonna bring up, "Hey, there's flower pots in the room. There's a bookshelf, whatever." But you're not gonna mention uh, there's oxygen because you take the oxygen for granted. You know that's just you grew up with oxygen all the time. It's ubiquitous. It's normal to you. Like it doesn't stand out. Like you know. And I feel like uh, most black people with a genuine black experience, when you ask them something about um, a space they're in, they're not going to mention, hey, there's a lot of black people. They don't think that way. Like when a lot of white people pop up, they'll notice like the white people. But I think these people, you could tell like uh, black people aren't really their oxygen. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's a foreign substance. So they, they notice it. In the room, they observe it. They uh, it it calls their attention. Everything black, like like they're learning uh, blackness from the uh, bottom up and outside looking in type. Yeah, so th- so this sounds like some National Geographic shit. This joy of black brunch thing, and I'm like, who was this article for? Like, because on one hand, I mean, she's all over the place. Like, I don't know if this article is for white people or black people. It's it's because uh, black people don't need this explained to them. Well, it's and- for her, man. Just like the brunch, this writing this article was uh, 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 um, 
catharsis. It was a form of self-care that she needed to, you know, feel whole in this cruel world. You know, I'm working on this piece. Um, I mentioned it on Twitter already, but, you know, self-care is what's in. And I I got this piece raw dogging at self-care. Yeah, the fucking title is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> hey, hey, say it again, T. Say it again, because I, you know, I read. I was like, bro, I, look, I look at this raw dogging as a form of self care. Like, <laughs> I mean, why not? Everything else is self care, you know. Like, uh, but yeah, really, I mean, you're right though. It's like That's because true. every every you know. You know, self-centered thing that you want to indulge in. I guess you know you you need to make an excuse for it. So exactly, now, that's that's the that's the crutch, Rolina. It's self-care. You know, yeah. I need the raw pussy because you know I be, I had a rough week at work. You know, my supervisor's been yeah, you know dumping on me. Come on, man, let me leave the sheepskins off, okay? Uh, binge watching Netflix as as self care like this this anything that is just normal consumerist entertainment. I'm waiting for Black Panther as self care to come out. But actually, no, that might not happen because self care right now is radioactive because it's Black Brunch piece. A lot of people are just not gonna want to touch it. They're gonna lay yeah. off it for a while. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I but I don't know, man. These these somebody had Black Panther, the Black Panther thing is getting crazy too. Every time I look at different tweets from that. Like, she mentioned oh. Black Panther in the she mentioned Black Panther in the Black Brunch thing, man. Black Panther, it's in there. Uh, oh my god, it's a Wakandan so brunch. They made okay? a Black it's Panther a Black connection brunch, with, a the, with Black Brunch. Here is why I say I feel sorry for her, right? <laughs> Not because this piece wasn't awful, because it's fucking awful. But the reason I feel sorry for her is because. She just ended up being the straw that broke the camel's back. So she got all the hate that's been building up right. among black people against Blavity Blacks. Because, like, for example, there's no reason why she should become the punching bag when that Wakanda Thanksgiving yeah. article yeah, no, months ago. Yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been so many bad pieces like this. And no, but that, that Wakanda Thanksgiving thing, that was that was just... You know that that piece was just really well. This is uh, in that same anyway. vein, though. They, these these it's, it, this is not any different from that article to me. There, but that's my point. That's my point. So so why is she the one? Because because you, you know, what made me feel bad, right? This made me feel bad because I went to her Twitter, and it took a couple of days for the rest of Black Twitter to get win this article. Like she dropped it on the twenty fourth, and then on the twenty sixth. It kind of went to wider circulation, and then everyone just started like dunking on it. Like everyone was there doing alley use. It was like, <laughs> you know how like when the, when the Globe Charters used to play the Senators and those like exhibition games, yeah, and they would just be like dunking. dunking. It was like that. Like like everyone was just dunking on it. Like it, it started becoming a like, crew. But I saw what she tweeted when the article first came out, and it was something like, "Excited to get my first piece published in Eater. So happy." And you know she had no idea what was coming, and like two days later, you know, I get it, T. I, you know because uh, the, you know I, I always like it when people get to do what they want to do. You know what I mean? Like even if I don't agree with it, like yeah. if you want to be a writer and that's what you grew up wanting to do, and you know even if that's not what she grew up wanting to do, it's a. I think it's a um, 
it's a nice thing when somebody, I guess, respects your work enough to want to publish it. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's what happened here, but they published it, and you know, there's no reason she shouldn't be excited. And the fact that a lot of people that received her work weren't excited, and they or they received it negatively, I feel a little bit bad about that, but only only a little bit. And let me tell you, <laughs> only, only a little bit. I, I take. I take the Simon Cowell approach. Remember when American Idol first came out and Simon was just crushing people? He, his whole philosophy behind that when they asked him, he said, you know, why do you talk to people like that? He said, because I don't want them to have any illusion that they are talented in the field that they're trying to compete in. He said, the worst thing that you could do to somebody is let them believe that they actually have a talent or, or an ability that they don't have. So he said he wanted to go out, he wanted to crush any hopes and dreams that they had of ever singing because they were terrible. But don't you feel a little, and I feel don't you feel a little is, sad when that dream dies, though? It's like, you see it on their face, it's like, it, you feel, you, you you feel yeah, so, it's necessary. It's I mean, it's necessary, you know, but... No, nah, but hear me out. Hear me out. To me, it's like if Simon Cowell let three or four equally bad singers just get by. In the fifth one, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. You're going down. Like, <laughs> I'm not being nice. See, that's the part that bothers me. It's not that she doesn't deserve this. It's just like, for example, this is her first piece or whatever, and out the gate, she um gets dunked on. But the guy that did the Wakandan Thanksgiving thing, like, that guy is an established years-long writer. So, you know, I'd rather him be the want to break the camel's back because you know first off he could probably take it better because he's been writing for a while and he's had his success and yeah really that, man. that shit was trash man, garbage trash. <laughs> okay let's <laughs> let's 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 read some parts of it because because this is an incredible piece first off it's incredibly long and i'm kind of jealous because i feel like i've written some stuff that's been more important than this and they did not give me a word limit like this. So I'm just trying to think, like, how did she pitch this? And they were like, hey, just do 2,000 2, words on just talking about brunch and self-care. Like, like that's, like, part of me thinks that these white editors, these white liberal editors and stuff, I think they kind of just let black people write what they want because they probably just think, oh, this is some black stuff. Like, isn't this what they like? They don't really like serious things. Like, because like, I'm trying to think if they would take this an article like this from a white person, or they just think like, um, like if there's some kind of okay, like you know when, you, when your kids when your kid is finger painting for you, and you're not gonna go to town. Boy, the bar is just so damn low. Huh? I said the bar is just so damn low, and the the expectations are just so low from us that they. And they're going to celebrate anything uh, from us? That's what I'm wondering. I'm really wondering. Kind of, that's a frightening thought, man, because you know what? I thought the exact same thing when he was, as he was, as he was saying that, uh, I was like, damn, they probably, the expectations are so low. They probably was like, okay, just, just let them write that. It's fine. Yeah. Like when your little kid is singing for you yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Or they, everybody claps, everyone claps. It's like when you're, 
it puts you yeah. in a real sloppy, nasty breakfast, and you got to sit there and taste it. <laughs> you, <laughs> gotta, like dope you know what? I, I'm glad y'all brought that kid thing up, though, because that's kind of like the thing I'm thinking about when I when I have the little that little bit of inkling of sympathy for her, because you ever see a little kid like try their hardest yeah. and what they're trying that just doesn't work out, and it's just a you know that little little death of their little hope is just it's so sad you know what i mean so i feel I, I, you know to use another uh blavity blackish term she was just trying to live her best life okay <laughs> okay we we've reached the limit on, on blavity black terminology <laughs> I think we- <laughs> oh man, no, no. There's, there's still more, man. You got, you got unapologetic self care, self preservation. You know what? I'm actually going to read uh, structures of this because this is, this is worth doing a reading series for, right? Okay. Yeah. I still thrill at the memory of the last time I went to Woodland, a two floor restaurant down the block from the Barclay Center, or a sweat inducing birthday gathering. We'd been seated near DJ Young Hova whose bass-heavy mixes of hip-hop, soca, and reggae, all deflecting New York City's robust West Indian population, slowly turned the space into a full-blown party. Neighbors hoisted their sloshing drinks in the air and gyrated their hips as a conga line of happily-fed patrons, whose high heels had shifted impatiently between them while waiting to be seated, turned raucous and jubilant to the same songs that power the annual Easter, Eastern Parkway Labor Day Parade. It wasn't deep into Friday or Saturday night, though. It was just a normal black brunch, a scene repeated every Sunday afternoon like clockwork. For the last year, the notion of self-care has felt inescapable. It has consumed small talk and organized forums alike. I've been hard-pressed to go a day without finding blogger tips and testimonies, me time, travel guides, and self-help articles. Now, how does she have? How is she hard pressed to go a day without finding talk about self-care? You're just going to too many of the same sites. Like, yeah, yeah. Right? But, but regardless, to continue, self-care, which has occasionally come unhinged from its original meaning, which is ironic because this whole article is an example of uh, bastardizing from its original meaning. Self-care comes from Audre Lorde's 1988 book, A Burst of Light, in which she wrote that caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. That is, it's a necessary step for people of color, particularly black women, to maintain sanity when the world seems to lack any semblance of the word. And like, well, like you just said, before you go, like you said, man, that can't really be overstated. The irony of the fact that she, you know, is talking about her self-indulgent indulgence, you know, and conflating that with the uh, self-care that uh, um, Audrey Lord was uh, referring to. Yeah. And. It's just ironic that she says, like, you know, this is a concept that's become unhinged from its original yeah, meaning. While, while and she's the she's perfect like, example of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and an act of political warfare, like dancing at brunch is political warfare. Like, like they okay, just make brunch itself. Brunch itself that, is like a revolution. 
it, you know, brunch itself is, is a very expensive thing, right? So it's kind of like a privileged activity in a way. You know what I mean? So, like, how the fuck is that? Yeah, it's overpriced. It's pretty overpriced. Like, $15 right. for right. eggs, like, that's not really striking. $8 for a Bloody Mary. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't even like Bloody Marys, but I'm going to pay $8 for this? The damn mimosas. With a bacon strip in it. Yeah. Like, come on. Now y'all just... <laughs> <laughs> and this thing this thing has every single tick or weird writing habit of blavity blacks all in one article so she just is kind of just throwing things in regardless of if they make sense and first of all she's just doing too much like there's no reason to bring up audrey lord it's like using like a hand grenade to kill a cockroach like there's just way too much and the cockroach doesn't die from that anyway it's just you just take everything else down like she has to bring like this could have just been a nice well yeah they, they, Yelp they, review. the, the blavities do that like all Yelp. the time they put yeah. all the extras they, they they put so much on it they be doing too much for the for the, the situation it's like okay man you don't have the way she describes this 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 this, this you know oh it's it's reflecting new york city's robust west indian immigrant population and the Labor Day parade, like she's trying to bring everything in that, you know, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a, why did she have to bring in the Labor Day parade and the West Indian population of New York to describe this restaurant? Just do a review. She's squeezing blood out of a turnip. She's trying to get every little piece of whatever she can out of that because she's, she's, she's stretching so hard to get it already as it is, you know. Well, she's trying to hit that home run, man. This is her first. This is her first published piece, and she just wants to knock it. Out. I get that too. She wants to knock it out of the park, but you know, you know, sometimes with with, a, with the subject matter that we're working with, you know, all this, you know, is not necessary. It's it's uh it's it's over. It's over. It's overdone. It's too much. Hey guys, I went to uh, Popeyes to have uh, some fried chicken. Fried chicken, which is a dish native to um, the southern portion of the United States with roots in Scots-Irish uh, frying techniques as well as West African mm. frying techniques, which melded in um, the southern slave trade when the white Scots-Irish working class also melded with the black slaves to combine their cuisines, which is reminiscent of what happened during the slave trade. But anyway, this Popeye's Popeye being a popular character from the Max Fleischer cartoons in the 1930s. Um, He's trying to get every little bit out of that. And you, and you ate the chicken. Yeah. You ate the chicken. It's so wrong. Yeah. I ate the chicken, chicken, which is a bipedal, uh, poultry animal native to, but it has, it has wings, but it can't fly though. So he, yeah, like, so she's bringing is every of, single tangent. Eating is an act of rebellion, man. You're resisting. <laughs> yeah, like 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 everything has a little fun fact divergence in this article. It's it's hilarious. But you know what Maybe else wow I noticed too? Like where are the ticks? <laughs> What's that? Wow, this man! <laughs> it's like a little fun fact divergence. As a, as you said that, I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, there's like I'm envisioning like these little index cards that's next to each little paragraph. It's like an index card with. <laughs> oh, oh my god! god it's, it, 
<laughs> it's like she took footnotes and said, you know what? I'm just going to put them all into the actual text of the piece. <laughs> That's what I wanted to get. Exactly. She didn't edit nothing out, man. She, yeah. didn't, she didn't edit nothing out. There was no process of elimination. Like, well, you know, it, this is not going to make it into the piece. There, there was no fact too. There was no fact to detail too small to, you know, be excluded from this. Exactly. This is like, yeah, this is like the Martin Scorsese of like Gravity Blacks. Like, you know, Martin Scorsese, he just can't edit his movies down. They're like three and a half hours for like no reason. It's like there's a fucking really good two-hour movie in here somewhere. This shit is three and a half wow. hours. Yeah, yeah, like like Leonardo DiCaprio can't even keep the accent going anymore because this movie's too damn long. Oh, his accent's all gone. Oh man, you know what else this article has? Like a perfect example of like weird blavity black ticks. Like blavity blacks have this thing, right, where. This, everything is weighing on black women like all the time. Like, we're just so tired, y'all. We just can't keep <laughs> saving you. Oh, black women just so so they're falling, they're so tired. They're falling asleep at brunch. They're so tired. They're just dozing off at the at the black. Yeah, brunch. we're tired of saving y'all, right? Like that whole time. Like, why does she bring up this sentence, right? This is what she says, right? Listen <laughs> to this in its entirety, right? Because look how crazy this sounds, right? And she goes. Um, self-care from Audre Lorde's 1988 book is caring for yourself. That is, it's a necessary step for people of color, particularly black women, to maintain sanity when the world seems to lack any semblance of the word. The blood of unarmed black men and women has been spilled by police around the country. New victims birth new headlines popping up across the map like iPhone pin drops. Alton Sterling and Baton Rouge Louisiana, Philando Castile near St. Paul, Minnesota, Keith Lamont Scott in Charlotte, North Carolina, Terrence Crutcher in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Corinne Gaines near Baltimore, Jordan Edwards outside Dallas, Patrick Harmon in Salt Lake City. It's been hard to shake off the dark cloud of panic. Now, what I noticed is she says it's necessary step for people of color. And then like Blavity Blacks do, she has to make sure people know that particularly black women, not those pesky black men, then she names all black men who've been shot and one black woman. So she doesn't even explain. But that was especially that was especially rough, though. You know, it was especially rough. It was partic- particularly yeah, rough. They don't even bother to explain things anymore. Like, so why particularly black women who are um, being hurt and need this brunch more than anybody if all your list are the black men getting shot by cops and one black woman? Like, shouldn't the black guys be in extra need of this uh, release? Aren't they the ones getting shot by these? Well, no, it's her, it's her, it's her sadness. It's not the, it's not the fact of them getting killed. It's her sadness of them getting killed that she needs to escape from to go to brunch and dance the conga or the, um, you know, whatever Lionel Richie was dancing in all night long video. But, but, but these people, uh, you know, that's what yeah, she's going to escape. That's what she's escaping with. These people are so used to just being in their bubble of other like blavity blacks who gas each other's heads. Like they're not used to being challenged or having to explain themselves. Everything is just self-evident. No. So she just throws out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
the people need brunch, but especially black women. And then doesn't explain why black women need. Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah why do black women need the self care more than black men? Especially if you're going to give examples of police shootings, which disproportionately affect uh, black men way more. Like, why even put that there? Just overwhelmingly. Yeah, just say black people. You know, just yeah, say just black. say black people. Like, just say black people. Yeah, why do these people that, always exact, have that? Well, you know, because like. You know, and I don't, you know, just kind of a little bit of a digression, but, you know, they always want to separate that, you know, and me, I would like to be more inclusive of the term because, you know, we, you know, we all have relatives and friends and family of both genders. So like if something were to happen to me, my mom, my brothers, you know, my aunts, my cousins, male and female, it affects us all as a family. It's true. But they want to kind of you know, divide it up along gender lines. Like it's it's gonna affect it's gonna especially affect, you know, the females in my family. But especially yeah. if you're not even gonna bother to even explain think, why or justify it. I think it's it. a, a something else to it. Um you know how they use the term virtue signaling, right? There's there's, there's a specific yeah, type of it. signaling that these people do to let each other know that, you know, I'm I'm blavity black friendly you know to signal themselves to each other to let them know that okay i'm i'm in i'm down with it i understand the coded language i know all the cues i know all the words to use to to signal all the others to rally around what i'm writing you know what i'm saying like you have to constantly use this type of yes. reassurance all- is, that what, is, that, is that what is that what virtue said because i've read that i read that term and i think i looked up the definition and then like from what i've seen Online, it don't really like. I don't really understand the term necessarily, um, so maybe I'm not getting what it really means. So if y'all, I'll say, I bet you a lot I, of people are feeling the same way. So if y'all could break that, I'll say this. I'll say this. It might not be necessarily virtue signaling, but what I mean by that is different people's um, definitions might vary as far as that, but it's definitely signaling. So, right. That's what I, yeah, I for sure. Use for that sure. as an for analogy. Sure. It's not necessarily yeah, virtue. For sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think I think we can call it blavity signaling. Blavity. <laughs> uh, recording it on the spot. No, Mario's this is, this definitely is right. It, it, they're they're letting it be. That's them letting it be known that hey, I'm with I'm with what you with. I'm with it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But but the other thing is too, white liberals like this because because yeah. they do it naturally themselves. Remember with that um. Alabama election and all those black people uh, voted and then all the white writers and editors and liberals and even up to Tom Perez, the chair of the DNC, they're all like, we owe black women. Black women saved us. And, you know, they just naturally went into that. And I don't know if they do it because they say the Blavity Blacks and the intersectional feminists do it or the intersectional feminists play into it because they see that um, the white liberals do it. I don't know if it's the chicken or the That's egg. Which one the is... Yeah, you're right. It's. I mean, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to sure, say. But... but I, I would, I would think that. Well, it's like you said. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a self-sustaining cycle, because yeah, they... it's a, it's a self-reinforcing cycle for sure. And I think um, they realize like it works with the editor too, because I bet you if this person's editor, um. This person's editor saw her. It says she put it's necessary stuff for people of color, particularly black men, to maintain sanity where the world seems to lack any semblance of the word. Um, I bet the editor would have had some kind of pushback, like, um, mm. what's this about? Yeah. Particularly black yeah. 
Where did you have that? I I bet you you wouldn't just go unnoticed like no, that. He would, or he just taking at face value. He would have to follow up for that. He would want some. He, yeah, he would want yeah. her to you know expand on her why she said that. Yeah, he might be like, "Do they need that? Uh, do, do they need that extra um, recovery from all the street harassing they do? What exactly um, do they need that recovery for? Uh, can you explain this? Yeah, so is it all the rape? Is all the raping? What's going on? That's got them. Well, so they, stressed br- out. they brought their lips on the crack pipe, so they got to oh recover. God, they got to recover. They need to. Easy, <laughs> bro. <laughs> So, so, so here's here's something right that is another problem I had with all these self care pieces because there's a ton of these self care pieces. Just this one's just was one of the worst ones. But there's you no, know, there's like a spa day at self care. Yeah. It's time for self care, yeah. right? The idea of self care is supposed to be that when you're doing all this activism, yeah. all this yeah. fighting, all this stuff, you need a break, right? From you doing have something. to. You need to. You need to. Yeah, yeah. These pieces. Never actually describe the work. Man, there you go. They just describe the yeah, yeah, Twitter hashtag. Damn, I need this hashtag was long. I need a break. Yeah. Shit. Let's go to break. Add some hashtags. <laughs> Add some hashtags. Now I need some hash browns. I need to go <laughs> get some brunch. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm parched. <laughs> Let me get this mimosa. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is what she says she needs the the break from. Right? It's like. As an empathetic bystander, the emotional weight never lets up. So it's basically being a bystander. As an empathetic bystander, the emotional weight never lets up just from like watching people get shot. <laughs> being sad every listen, being sad every other day is exhausting. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a goddamn minute. Hey guys, we're only three she paragraphs in. We're not gonna get it. She didn't say that. Uh, she did not really say yes, sir, that. She, did. she said I bet you she would say it again with a straight face. Oh, oh my god. This pace god. is going to be like a four-hour episode because every paragraph is like... We're in the third paragraph. Hold on. Is there yeah, no an empathetic, self-awareness with these people? She really said that, bro? As an empathetic bystander, the emotional weight never lets up. Being sad every other day is exhausting. So it's not unreasonable to want to pretend it's not part of my reality, at least for a moment. For some, the work of self-care skews inward, but my preferred form of relief is burrowing into the safe space of breakfast and uninterrupted black and brown kinship. So she's so that's another jargon word she threw in. That's another piece of signaling. The safe space of breakfast. Safe space of breakfast, that's, right? That's the other one. Safe space. Yeah, and it's like... So it's not unreasonable to want to pretend it's not part of my reality. Like that's not what activism is yeah. about. You don't just watch. Yeah, you something. can't divorce yourself from what your situation. Their whole prophecy. See how much this has in common it's with escape, everything. It's escapism is what she's advocating. It's that escapism, but that's all they advocate. Dog is escapism. The black. She yeah. They're not talking. What they're escaping from is so poorly described and so yeah. weak sauce. Like yeah. What they? I mean. People were getting hosed yeah. down and had dogs sicked on them in this in the sixties. People were getting shot. The Panthers are having shootouts with the cops. Like all those Panthers are like wiped out. Like the ones that are left, they're all like a shell themselves. They look like POWs, man. Political leaders being assassinated, left, right. King assassinated, 
Malcolm assassinated, Medgar Evers assassinated, Fred Hampton assassinated. You know what I'm saying? This goes on and on and on. And all the survivors, if you ever see like a surviving Black Panther, when they have those documentaries, those people look like they're shell-shocked people. Like they're the ones that are free and out there. They're not the same. They're like, they gave their sanity, they, their bodies to like, you know. Like early, yeah, they're, early, at an early age, at a, at, yeah. you know, at, at a time when other people were, you know, just kind of discover you know some people don't even get you know get to you know 35 40 and know what they you know what their purpose is and, and these guys you know dived head dove head first into what they thought was the uh their life's calling and and they to the to the you know to the ultimate sacrifice and uh you yeah, know yeah and the, and the living the living ones are like the walking yeah, dead. The PTSD, PTSD right. is the term they they use now, and, and if that don't describe a lot of them, you know. I, but but what's weird is these people have appropriated and fetishized the language of trauma, yeah. and they have like a fraction of the yeah. trauma. Like that's that's the crazy thing, man. The safe space of breakfast, the, lang- breakfast, the language man. of trauma, and the language in the language of struggle, because you're not actually actively engaged in the struggle. And uh, the thing about this, you know, it just kind of drove home for me the fact that a, a majority of black folks, and this is not exclusive to black people, by the way, but a, a majority of us just are not really engaged in reality. We're not, no. we're not attached to what's really going on out here. And we and and to deal with what's really going on out here, we have withdrawn from that battlefield and escaped into a world of just being entertained, uh, consuming, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the, this uh, self care revolves around, you know, materialism and consuming, uh, uh, not doing anything that's really helpful for, for you to get back out there into the, like you said, they're not even fighting in the first place. So it's not like, they have anything to get back to. It's just they're escaping from the reality. They're escaping from their online hell. Online for them is they spend all day online on Twitter, on Facebook, YouTube, whatever. They look up all this shit going on. They look up all the horrible things that black men are doing. Then they read each other. It's like being trapped in a birdcage with, with a bunch of other parrots and you're parroting each other's bad news all day long. And before you know it, man, you drive yourself crazy and you need some type of escape. And and it's more escapism. You already live in an online false reality. And then you're going to escape further into, um, you know, another reality. You need to escape. Escape is insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your online people are divorced from reality. Then you hang out in real life with people who look and sound just like your online crowd. Like you know, they're all, they're all wearing melanin T-shirts, and you will catch these hands T-shirts and all that corny stuff. Because I I see them in Brooklyn all the time, and you know, you just see them, and you're like, oh, you look just like your Twitter profile, like. Wow. I could tell. I could tell. Like, like, yeah, it's 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 nuts. And um, I'm gonna read one more paragraph and then skip ahead because Hugo. When I'm in need of a mental or spiritual break, and this is another tick coming up, 
another another tick that they do is the presence of unfiltered blackness our culture bursting from the seams with its quirks and nuances the oasis of black brunch that allows me to eat dance sing and laugh the grim away and it's weird they kind of self-fetishize blackness and that's what makes me think a lot of these people discover blackness late and the rest of the article kind of confirms that because she does a divergence into her history where i was horrified to find out that she was from queens because that's where i'm from and um yeah i was really shocked because queens has a lot of black people it's not like I, i thought she was gonna end up being from like uh someplace like a really white part of minnesota or something with like with like nordic nordic people and she discovered black people late but like she's in one of the five boroughs in new york like how can black people seem this go, is she foreign really and exotic from to her, there, you know? or is she has she you know what i'm saying like had did she transplant is she a transplant or is she from it from it well she said that according to the rest of this article it was before college. She was uh, she left Queens for Howard University, and that's that's another thing with Blavity Blacks. There's two environments that produce them. Um, <coughs> there's HBCUs, and then there's liberal arts, predominantly white um, institutions. Those are the two types. You know, like if it's a predominantly white school, but it says like MIT, I don't really think that really produces it. Like it has to be like. Um, a white school like a Sarah Lawrence or something, or you know, something with the or like a liberal arts program at a school, but that's what produces the Blavity Blacks. And <coughs> I think so. They kind of come into the blackness in their 20s or whatever, and then they just really um overdo it. Look at some and water, brother. She, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds pretty bad, right? I was gonna try to play it off, but it's not happening. No, no, we do an un- unfiltered episode. Hey, hey that's Ricky Raw. Nigga. That's T Raw right there. That's T Raw. You give it to him, Raw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just give them to them like uh, uncut. So, like we were saying, uh, we had a little technical difficulty there, but um, yeah. So she went to um, Howard and she said, Howard Bison yearbook staff is partially to thank to turn me for turning me into a brunching woman. And she goes into this whole detailed story about how she went to Ben's next door um, in DC, um, an annex of DC's famous Ben's chili bowl. And then she discovered shrimp and cheese grits in her junior year of Howard, which is kind of crazy. Like she didn't learn about grits or third year of an HBCU, which is kind of crazy. And, and she says, um, the table put her onto, um, shrimp and grits. She didn't understand what it was. She ate them. And then she said, so this is brunch. I thought between satiated bites and carefree banter. And that was her intro into brunch. And she goes into her whole history of her past with brunch. And she takes the time to explain where brunch came from. She goes, um, while brunch birth in 19th century England and adopted by America in the 1930s is hard to historically pin down the black community. The cultural phenomenon surrounding black people at brunch has boomed since at least the early 2010s 
Like she has to bring in unnecessary oh information for everything. God. That brunch was birthed in 19th century England. Like, what does that have to do with anything? It's been around since at least the early 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, is he uh, the cultural phenomenon surrounding black people at brunch has boomed since the early 2010s when social media became the default way our generation communicates. And then she talks about. Um, a bunch of different things. She she says things like um, how Black Brunch has become a place where we can exist both safely outside and proudly within our stereotypes. How we can be unapologetically loud. Unapologetic is another one of the buzzwords. They like saying unapologetically Black all the time. Right. And then um, she brings up some census survey bureau of Black-owned restaurants. Right. Like she's also all, all over the place. I want to incorporate a little thing Every time one of the buzzwords <laughs> comes up when we're reading one of these articles or something. <laughs> like we can turn it into drink champs and like make make it like a, a drinking game. Every time you read like carefree or like, safe space oh, and then we'll be tore up by the end of the show. Oh, no, oh, we gotta, oh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's all in terms. here, man. It's um it's it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. Then she goes, um, like she's, you know what I think it is? I think she might be like maybe, well, she's West Indian. She's Jamaican, right? But it seems like she also, she also maybe um, was around like white people. So it seems like her big thing really is that she doesn't yeah. really know I can, a lot about I can black Americans. Like what, you know? 21 when you first eat grits? That's, you know. Yeah, because she didn't know. She didn't know about um, grits, and she she said, "There's a line that comes here." She goes to this place called Soko, which is in my neighborhood. Right, it's a black-owned um, restaurant. It's a very bougie black place, right? Um, and she says, "I literally, until I had the dish as an adult, I literally thought chicken and waffles was a joke, a mere caricature of a meal that sounded trendy in conversation." So she didn't know until recently that chicken and waffles were real. Which I remember chicken and waffles for like, I've been at least like 15 years, 20 years I've been, or longer, I remember hearing chicken and waffles and having them. It's, uh, I think she's, like she's put a lot of extras on it. She might not have had it, but she had to have heard of it and known that that was a thing. Yeah, she's, she's saying she thought it was, uh, she's saying she thought it was a made up thing of apparently. I don't believe it's, uh... what I'm saying. I don't believe that. I don't believe her when she says that. I mean, you know what? I mean, the first time I heard it, I thought it was like retarded. Like, oh, excuse me. They're going to, I'm sorry about the retarded thing. And, and <laughs> it's late. I'm sorry. But I thought it was crazy. When I first heard I of Roscoe's that. Chicken and Waffles, yeah. it's like Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. You know, it was kind of a joke in like a different comedy, you know, shows and whatnot. But then it's like, it's, you realize it's a real place and they really eat chicken and waffles. And I love chicken and I love waffles. And I thought, wow, if we could have chicken and waffles here and in, in, in this little city in Wisconsin, like I think it would change the world. It would be <laughs> wor- it would be worthy of this blavity black article that she wrote. I would write like flowery things like, you know, I was as I sat in my booth and heard the the horns playing from the um the field house 
of the local high school game. And <laughs> you got in your safe space. You were in a I, mental I safe space. Safe. I felt Raven. safe in my, in my bubble coat, my, my first, my triple fat goose coat in the winter and the hotness of the Chipotle in the syrup with the savoriness <laughs> of it. <laughs> Was like was, was like a was like a Wakandan oh, Christmas in my mouth. And, <laughs> a Wakandan Christmas, you are man, stop. A Wakandan Christmas. God. Oh God, it's it's um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh God. Oh, oh so the Black Panthers mentioned here, of course. <laughs> are you guys gonna see that shit at all? Are you guys gonna go see the Black Panther? You guys the comic. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, definitely check it out. The last thing I'm gonna say, because uh, you know we gave this way too much time, uh, but th- there's no way to not give it a lot of time because there's so much stuff. She, 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 listen to the last paragraph. What's in the last paragraph? Um, hand propped under my chin, I looked up from what was left of my fried chicken breast and half a waffle wet with chipotle maple syrup, the satisfied haze of day drinking in my eyes, and smiled at my table of tipsy friends. Half of them had gotten up to Snapchat themselves, mouthing along to the hot song in a moment. The other half sat behind their plates, fighting that grid-itis sleep. Yes, she mentioned uh, niggeritis. Uh, she mentioned the itis. Uh, in a white, in a white. I've read it. I, I read the article. Obviously, that's why. That's why I mentioned the Chipotle uh, uh, syrup. But damn, I couldn't believe that she said the in a itis. white publication. Like you don't mention the itis haphazardly like that. Like what is that about? Yeah. <laughs> the itis. Yeah. Oh, See, you know what though, this is you know, and and this is the inconsistency that is me. Like I said, I was sympathetic earlier, even though you like along with T and Mario was like, I don't feel sorry for her at all, and now I don't either. I'm back on, I'm back on that side. I don't care either. Roast that, roast her ass to oblivion, man. I hope she has no self esteem and needs more self care. And damn, whatever. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> wow, man! Like, uh, how do you really feel? I just want to make sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you said you want her self esteem to go down. <laughs> that's, that's man, I don't want her to ever leave the house again, man. It, happy, not happy. At least you might have to leave begrudgingly to go get her like Zoloft prescription. But other than that, I don't. I don't want I don't want her to enjoy a fried chicken breast with Chipotle syrup again. Oh my god. This this feels like like something like when a white person writes about uh going someplace black and they're just like so odd by everything. Like because you know sometimes they get just odd by everything black that they see sometimes. Like that's what mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Yeah. feels like. Or everything black that they don't see. Like yeah. because I was I was talking to Mario earlier and we were talking about Oh, remember when Bill O'Reilly went to that Sylvia's restaurant, and he oh, was yeah. like, "Oh man, they they weren't uh, swinging from the chandeliers and 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 asking the waitress, hey, where's my iced tea, motherfucker?' And all this, and he was just 
he acts like he was seriously shocked that black people don't behave like the stereotypes that he thought. Here's, here's, here's what he said, because because you're right. He said uh, he went there and he was surprised to find that it was just as pleasant as any other, other restaurant. And he said it was like going into an Italian restaurant in an all-white suburb in the sense of people were sitting there and they were ordering and having fun. And there wasn't any kind of craziness at all. Like, like just the fact that they were just existing being black and not killing each other and behaving like normal people and having a normally happy time mm. was amazing. And it's not that different than how mm. Blavity Blacks just discuss black people exactly. doing ordinary things. Like, the fact when black people just do ordinary things that aren't pathology-filled is notable. It's like when Chris Rock said that all a black movie has to do to be positive is just not have anybody smoking crack. That's what... <laughs> You know, Gold star th- th- for you. You know what I mean. You can, you can, yeah. You can uh, cite the alphabet in the sixth grade. Gold star for you. I didn't think you could do it. You know. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Like, like you said, uh, if a white person wrote an article like this, it would be like insane. Like you know, and, and they would say that it made it sound like a safari. Like you know, the black people gyrating and drinking their native drinks and dancing to their native music and. Doing their customs. and they even use forks. Yeah, yeah. But when the blavity black, when the blavity black does it, the, the right fork. They didn't use the salad fork. They used the shrimp fork in the shrimp and grits. Who knew that they knew? They didn't hold the forks with their feet. They actually used their hands. <laughs> yeah. If if a if a white person wrote what she wrote, it would just be like so uh, dragged all over Twitter. But you know, these people write about uh, black people with the eyes of a white person and but you know from that same outside perspective the backlash to this article was like very encouraging because i was like wow people are really getting sick of blavity blacks even low-key blavity blacks were kind of dogpiling on the article and i'm like i I see you man i know you would normally like this type of article (laughs) but even they had to publicly like distance themselves from it because i guess they saw the way um the wind was blowing they swam with the tide on this one. They was like, "Okay, we we can't always we can't always resist." You know, sometimes we gotta let the ashes have their way. Yeah, exactly. We'll get them again. We'll get them again, man. It's it's gonna be Wakandan. Um, what's what's the next Wakandan Valentine's Day? I am setting a Google alert for uh, Black Panther, and I need help because if I just have everything Black Panther come up, it's going to just overload me, and I want to see that. Like, the really bad stuff. So I'm thinking, why well, I should put a Google alert for Black Panther, unapologetic, maybe. Uh, which which good buzzword should I get to make sure I get the? Um... I I you know I think Wakanda. They always talking about Wakanda or you like the uh, T'Challa or whatever. Like, uh... see, Wakanda will just pull up you know normal Black Panther articles, you know, because that's where he lives. So yeah, think, but if you got alert. If you got alerts for new articles coming up, though, I think, I mean, because I, it's what I want to do is I, I want to narrow it down to uh, okay. the, the really the really bad blavity black black stuff. So I'm thinking like, you know, maybe like Wakanda and um, trauma. They love trauma. They like to fetishize trauma. So you know, if I put like. Okay. Uh, Representation, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's Representation good one. matters, and yeah, that'll do it. Because there's gonna be something good that's gonna come out when that when that movie. You're comes gonna out. be getting so many notifications. 
empowerment. Oh, yeah, empowerment. Sure. empowerment. <laughs> They've been using the term empowerment with it, you know, in relation to this movie that really don't make no sense, but they think that this is empowering and so I don't know, that might help too. Yeah, I I, I think the representation is is uh it's good. I mean, I'm excited to see the movie. I'm not gonna let them ruin it for me. And I, I want and I I was. I'm not anymore. You know, yeah. you know, I'm 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 coming from a from from an area where I was never into comics like that. There was like a brief period where I was into it, but I, I, you know, and I really don't know a lot about the character, and so I was interested in seeing it just as a guy that doesn't know much about it, which is how I've approached all of them. You know, the uh, Iron Man and all of that. So, and I, you, were you? Go ahead. No, what were we going to say, bro? No, I was gonna say, were you a fan of uh, the early the Blade movies that came out in the in the late nineties, early two thousand? Only the first one. Only the first, the first one. one. That okay. was the best one. I didn't like the other one. I, I love that one. I just rewatched I the did, first one. Like a I, did, I, weeks I, I ago. watched I had, it uh, two nights ago. I fell asleep on it though. I should say, so I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah. A lot of people complain that they they always ask me, "What do you like?" Because they think I hate everything. <laughs> like Blade is an uh-huh. example of. A movie that I, I almost said unapologetically like, but that word's been ruined for me, so I can't say that. Uh, yeah, I like it without any. I love that. I love the first Blade. That was that's one of my, you know, you know what, Wesley's so great. You know, probably loving that movie. I like the part where he shoots that vampire and then he does that fist pump. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he keeps walking again. Like, oh, he Wesley was the man. He did good. Yeah, he was. He was. He 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 did a hell of a job with that character. And then they try to just take him out of it. I like both of them. I didn't. I like two and the first one. Trinity was a hot garbage. Oh, but yeah, yeah. The second one was okay to me. I didn't really like it though, but it was okay. That third one was just. Oh, man, I, I watched. Third one was terrible, yeah. but I watched that second. Man, I must have seen that at least about fifteen times. A lot of people like the second one better than the really? first. Especially because Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro did it, but mm-hmm. I'm with um, Mike. I prefer the first one. The first one is just simple, direct, bare bones, just, mm-hmm. just balls to the wall action. Like I like the fight scenes better I, in the first one. And I think the second one they tried to get a little too cool. That's the only thing I didn't dig about the second one. Like everything was like super stylized in the second one. Yeah, because that's Guillermo, that's Guillermo del Toro. He's very much a stylist. Yeah. And I, I don't like that guy. You know, I don't like that one guy's character. Uh, uh, what's the white Ron guy? Roman, the Hellboy, the Hellboy yeah, guy. Yeah, oh, Ron Perlman. Yeah, I didn't like his character in that movie. It's just like, and and, and, you know, like, and I think he tried to work in like a racist angle with him. And for some reason, yeah. I have no idea why, but I don't want to see that in Blade. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blade's supposed to transcend any race. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny when you watch it from the new perspective that I have now, because back then I, I, it was, I was totally, I didn't notice it at all, you know. But now I did notice that as I watched it again more recently. I'm, yeah, you know, he makes one racist joke, and it feels out of character because they go so long with almost never acknowledging that he's black. Right. That it seems weird to just yeah. mention it in the end. Near the end of the song, oh, what he said, "Can you blush?" Yeah, that's that's what it was. Yeah, 
And the guy, I don't, I think I follow him on Twitter, and he seemed like a really cool dude. So like that, but that kind of salted me on him for everything else I've seen him <laughs> in, though. You know what I mean? So you know, you know, that's so funny when that happens. Like you know, it's irrational, yeah. but sometimes like somebody plays a role. Like for example, um, Method Man, uh-huh. right? I really like Method Man, but on the wire, he played this character. character. I hated Cheese so bad that for a year or so, I started thinking I hated Method Man. (laughs) I started thinking like Method Man, it was a a testament to his acting, what a good actor he was, that I really thought for a second that I hated Method Man. Then I saw Method Man out of character again, like in an interview, and I was like, oh, no, Method Man oh, is cool, man. What, what one of my favorite moments in that yeah. series is when Slim Charles pops the shit out of him. Oh, no. I'm like, yes! You know, that, yeah. that made me yeah. happy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there was one character in that show that I like seeing die more than Cheese. Yeah, Cheese was terrible. Not even when Spring, not even when Stringer got killed. Like I, I just I hated Cheese because Stringer had some redeeming qualities, but Cheese was just a dirtbag. And and everyone knows like a dirtbag like that in the hood. Everybody knows somebody like that. Like yeah, everybody that's true. like tossed his own uncle under the bus, yeah. man. That that shit was cold. Cheese is that man. dude, right? To not even take it on a street level, but just on a regular level, right? Like, like say, like, you, you know that dude, like, you're at the club, and you meet, like, a fine girl, and, like, you bag, like, her number or something, and then you walk away, and then you have that boy who's technically he's your boy, but he'll come up behind you and be like, yeah, you know you got a baby mama, Man, right? It's, it's some kind of fucked up a, shit. I got, like, I got a story like that, too. She's just a street. <laughs> yeah, Cheese is a street version of that dude, like, like just that dirtbag uh, dude that you know, man. It was this. I'm just curious. There's this one chick, man. She was really man. She was nice. She was cool. I liked her. She was cute. She had a nice shape. All that, man. Like she was nice. Like and we had a lot in common. Movies. Like she was Cowboys fan too. Like me. Like it was like crazy. Like I like I like this chick. And then like one day she just called me. It was like oh she didn't call me. She texted me and was like. Yeah, no, we can't. You know, we can still be friends, but we can't. We can't do this no more. And it was like, it was like out of the blue, and like, dude, you know, uh-huh. like I wasn't, I was, I wasn't heartbroken because I wasn't like in love with the chick or anything yet. But we, because we was just like, kind of what? first. But I was like, damn, I thought this was gonna be the one. It could have been the one. Like, and then like, I, I was telling my buddy about it, and he was like, man, I don't. He's because like him and another friend, she approached them. To ask about me, and you know, it's like you know, so that's how I was introduced to her. Like you know, and then I went to talk to her, and I was like, you know, I gave her my number, told her to call me. She called me that night, man. We chopped it up. It was cool. It was cool. We kicked it, man. I, I told y'all about some of the other parts of the story. I won't get into it now, but it, you know, when I found out, like, I because I never knew what happened. And I didn't ask after that. And I was like, no, nah, it's cool. I don't want to be your friend, and I, I didn't speak to her after that. Mm-hmm. But then I, I found out that it was somebody else told her something about me that wasn't true. Like, two things about me that wasn't true. One, that, like, I had a gang of kids. I don't have any kids. And the two, <laughs> I, 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 then two that, like, I, I I beat my fiance up so bad that, uh, you know, she had to go to the hospital. And, like, I'm a big dude. And I never had a fiance. I've never been engaged. I, I never, I don't have any kids, so it was it was a total lie. And so then when I found, 
ever beat up women though? I never, ever in my life, I never in my life hit a woman. I don't even yell. Like, like yeah. my, my girlfriend, like I actually put her out of my house because she started yelling. Like, like if we're having yeah. a disagreement, an argument, it's one thing. But if you start yelling at me, wait, are I, we still I, recording? I, are we? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, no, I, like, no, I put her out. Like, you gotta, I, you know, I was like, you gotta go, you gotta get out of my house. And you know, she didn't move fast enough. She's so like, get the fuck out, you know. And she left. But like, I don't, I don't scream, I don't yell, and I will definitely never, ever hit a woman. Mm, mm. Wow, they so why the fuck would they tell he straight me? Straight shit on me though, bro. Cause he shit on me like. Was he a friend or at least an acquaintance? Not even. I don't even know this dude. Okay. Wow. And she was. Let me tell you another thing. She was black. He was white. Oh. Uh, okay. And like, like, and like, when I find, like, why would you, why would you believe that though? Like, why wouldn't you at least just ask me? Like, you know, like, hey, I heard, I heard this about you. I heard that about you. So that made me look at her different, like, too. Like, you would take. I don't, yeah. you know, and the thing about it is, I don't know if that's all the whole story to it. Maybe she just, you know, she just whatever, you know, what you know. But the white guy ever did a white guy ever post up? Did he ever like try to make a move on her that you found out about or something? Not that I know. You know, the thing about it is, after that, she <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she she um uh she got a girlfriend. Oh God. Yeah. All right, that's uh, I think that's a, I think that's a wrap. Um, and you know the funniest part of the story is is I had brunch today. I forgot to mention that at the top of the uh, at the top of the show. I'm not even joking. Like I went to uh, uh, brunch today. I had it to go, but I, when I went, I was like looking around and like uh, thinking to myself, "Am I doing self care right now? <laughs> like what?" <laughs> Is that what I'm doing? <laughs> you're doing you're like Kermit the Frog. Sometimes I wonder. And I felt, you know, it's funny. I felt like fucked up getting this brunch to go, man. I'm like, wow, she fucking ruined brunch for me, man. I can't even enjoy these fucking yeah. overpriced eggs now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to let these weirdos ruin nothing for me. You know what I, I, you know I don't do brunch a lot, but I have done brunch, and I, you know what I like brunch because I'm usually up late, and so I don't, you know, if I getting up mid morning, like I don't have to, you know, like around you know ten o'clock shower, boom boom boom, yeah. or like nine o'clock shower, boom boom boom, in there, guys, guys, I'm reclaiming, I'm reclaiming everything. I'm getting brunch on February sixth, on February whenever. I'm getting it to go. I'm putting it in my backpack and I'm sneaking it into Black Panther. I'm going to eat brunch in Black Panther. And carefree, baby. <laughs> and you can just carefree. carefree. And on that note, uh, that's a wrap, fellas. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right, y'all.